You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to another edition of Cowboys Cast presented by bloggingtheboys.com. I am your host, Bobby Belt. The six-game winning streak is over. The Denver Broncos coming to AT&T Stadium on Sunday and just sock it to the Cowboys. Broncos win 30-16. to It was not even that close. This is a game that felt more like they lost it 70 to nothing. to be honest. We'll talk about some of the specifics of the game and some of the larger takeaways today. Was the rest of the league basically given a blueprint on the Cowboys yesterday? is one of the big things I think people are talking about today. And I I don't know. It's interesting. I think that the way the Broncos played the Cowboys and the way they made things difficult on them, I don't know if everybody can duplicate it, but they I mean they sure as hell can try. Um but also at the same time I don't I don't know that it's a personnel thing. I don't know that Denver was a bad matchup for Dallas. I think maybe it's partially just they came out there with a certain style, made it difficult on Dallas, and I still think you play Denver and Dallas on that field 100 times yesterday, and Dallas probably wins 95 of those games. Um, the Cowboys are a better football team to me, regardless of the result yesterday, just like the Bills are a better football team than the Jaguars, even though the Jaguars won yesterday. Um, and I think the Saints are better than the Falcons. I mean, it was a weird day in the NFL yesterday. A lot of... Uh, Big-time money line favorites dropping games. Um, for, for this Dallas game, they the problem kept being that any time... It's funny, you kept waiting for that moment when they just turn it on. And I think we've become accustomed to that with the Cowboys, that even when they struggle, we expect at some point it's just going to kind of come on. You don't usually just see them continuously struggle, particularly on offense, to do anything. And the game, in a lot of ways, reminded me. I know a lot of people kept drawing comparisons to the Colts game in 2018 where they were shut out. Um, A lot of people talked about the Denver game in 2017, the last time they played the Broncos, uh, that one with the weather delay. Um, To me, this one, and I went up to Brian Broaddus in the press box during the game right around halftime, and I told him, This feels exactly like Buffalo on Thanksgiving in 2019. That this is just a team that has come in here and asserted their will and asserted their dominance and decided we're going to play, you know, tough, punch-you-in-the-mouth football on both sides. And we don't think you guys are tough enough to take it. And yesterday, Dallas was not tough enough to take it. And it was a little distressing after the game. You'd hear everybody talking about, all the Cowboys players talking about, you know, we didn't have a good week of practice or, you know, we weren't tough enough today or, 
you know, they, they were more physical than us. And, and I mean, that was a common line from everybody in the organization yesterday was that they were just way more physical than the Cowboys. And I don't know, you know, I, I know Dak said that's the first time somebody's played more physical than us all year or, or something to that effect. I don't know that this is a particularly physical football team, the Cowboys. I think they're really talented, um, but I think a lot of their success comes from, on both sides of the ball, comes from some finesse to it. Um, You know, it's the passing game, you know, pushing things vertically. It's, uh, you know, doing some things with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard and, you know, favorable boxes. It's uh, on the defensive side of the ball. It's getting those turnovers, those interceptions. It's getting, you know, the third down pin your ears back edge rushes from Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons. And it's a lot of flashy, athletic, um, fast, like I said, finesse football in a lot of ways that sees Dallas get their success on both sides. So when a team comes in here like Denver and as, as again, my good friend, Brian brought us said, punches you in the mouth. And there, and has, as he said, there's a difference between, punching you in the mouth, like figuratively, and legitimately punching you in the mouth, like really playing physical football the way Denver did. And I don't know if they'll they'll learn from this, if they will, if there's anything they can learn from. There's an argument to be made that there's not even necessarily anything to learn from. It's just... It was a bad game. Everybody was off. I mean, it was Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events out there yesterday. Um, You know, you would have Dak was off. The receivers were playing their worst games of the year. You had people missing on the offensive line. You know, you had uh, anytime you seemed to make some sort of a play on defense, anytime you'd get a stop, it was negated. Um, you know, some of the plays off the top of my head, you had Jordan Lewis getting an interception just before halftime. Well, that gets, you know, overturned because of a Trayvon Diggs holding penalty. Uh, you stop them on third and nine on their second drive. Well, that's a Trayvon Diggs pass interference. And now they get the ball again, closer to the goal line. And they were able to run it in a couple plays later. Um, you get the blocked punt coming out of halftime and you have the fluky. It touched Nashawn Wright's hand and now it's a live ball because it was past the line of scrimmage and the Ravens get the ball back or, or the Ravens. The uh, the Broncos get the ball back. The I was referencing the Ravens because Mike McCarthy said post game he's actually had that happen to him before in 2013 against the Ravens. And so that was not an unusual occurrence to Mike McCarthy. Um, but, you know, you had just all these moments where it seemed like you were going to catch a break and it was immediately undone by, you know, some unforeseen circumstances or something fluky or just a mental lapse from somebody. Um, You know, you had the, oh, second down and you throw to Tony Pollard and looks like he's going to be able to catch it and get the first down and, oh, he drops it. And he had caught every target this season before that one. Amari Cooper didn't have a single drop hidden in this game. Well, on a big third down and a pass to Amari where it looks like he's got a lot of space to run. You know, might be able to turn that into a touchdown. Certainly turn it into a 30, 40-yard gain. He drops it. Uh, you know, you finally are able to hit CeeDee Lamb down the sideline. He gets the ball in his hands and it's it gets, you know, stripped out and it's incomplete. Um, 
you know, there was just a lot of really, it, it was a really weird game. And CeeDee Lamb had said that yesterday after the game. He said it was a weird game and that he didn't really know how to explain it or, or what, what to pinpoint there. But it was distressing, like I say, how there was just this confusion from the Cowboys almost post game of like, we can't explain why everybody was bad today. And Kellen Moore had a bad game yesterday, I thought. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I know some people want to blame Mike McCarthy. I don't. Because I don't want to, I don't think he gets credit for six wins, so I don't think he really gets blamed for two losses either. Because I still don't know what he does. And so... I don't know that anything that happened yesterday would be anything you'd put on Mike McCarthy. And so just like the previous six weeks weren't anything I think you could put on him. Um, I think Kellen Moore had a bad day. I think Dak looked rusty physically and mentally. There were sometimes where it seemed like his internal clock wasn't quite right. Um, the first fourth down attempt, they went 0 for 4 on fourth down yesterday. The first fourth down attempt on fourth and 1 was odd. I, I thought it was odd that Kellen Moore had called the run, and then I thought it was odd that Dak didn't check out of it. They get up to the line of scrimmage. They got eight guys in the box, eight run defenders in the box with six run blockers. It, it The math didn't make sense. I don't know why Dak didn't check out of it. And I, I talked to somebody who said, well, you know, there, you know, somebody in league circles, not with the Cowboys, who said, well, you know, th- that may have been an instance where they didn't have a check for that play. And he's like, um, but, you know, you put a Tom Brady in that situation, and he's looking at the same thing. I think Brady probably calls a timeout and just realizes it's not a favorable look. And they figure it out from there. And so, but Dak didn't do that. Dak handed it off to Zeke. Broncos get the stop. Cowboys turn the ball over on downs in Denver territory, get the ball right, you know, have a great three and out series to start the game on on the defensive side of the ball. Dallas' second possession. They get down around the red zone, and uh, they weren't quite in it, but they were close. And again, fourth down in Denver territory. They go for it, and they blow it. And so it was just a a highly unusual game from Dallas's offense. I think the defense played a, a similar to a lot of the ways we've seen them this year. It's just they were forced to play without the offense giving them any sort of assistance. 
which is unusual for them. I mean, Dallas had come into this game, Dak's last seven games that he'd started at home and completed, so not including the Giants game last year where he left in the third quarter. Um, Dallas averaged over the last seven games 41 points a game. Dak's passer rating was something like 124, I think. At home this year, Dak had the highest passer rating in the NFL. It was a little over 133. And he had his worst football game on Sunday of his career, in my opinion. I know a lot of other people were throwing out the reasons why it was this or that, but outside of the garbage time last five minutes when Denver was just playing prevent defense and letting him do whatever and he was able to get two more scores, he was 8 for 25 to start the game. And, in fact, if you take a point with about nine minutes left in the first quarter and go all the way to about five minutes left in the fourth quarter during that massive stretch of the game. You know, we're talking 49 minutes of the game. During that stretch, Dak was five for 20 for 65 yards, an interception, and his passer rating was 19. That is as bad as it can get for him. And it happened at home against a 500 football team that was missing their slot corner that was had just traded away a pass rusher and then had their other best pa- their two other best pass rushers weren't available. Bradley Chubb's been on IR. Malik Reed was out yesterday. And then the injuries kept piling up. Tim Patrick got hurt in the game. Patrick Sertan got hurt in the game. The Broncos offensive line got hurt. And all of that was not enough to snap Dallas out of the funk. I don't know if they were asleep at the wheel. They were feeling themselves too much. They were eating the cheese, as we've heard the idiom before. I I can't explain it. It feels like it was just an off day, but it just it seems odd that everybody, every single person, other than Micah Parsons, really, and Leighton Vanderush, I thought Vanderush had a decent game. Every single person pretty much was off yesterday. It was bad. From the coaching staff down to the players. It was unreal. And I, I can't recall a game like that. Like I said, it reminded me most of the Buffalo game on Thanksgiving, but even that game, they were able to get some chunk plays. They scored to start that game. They were up 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Um, they weren't run all over by Buffalo, but Buffalo was just dominant. They took it to you. They were physical. And that's the last time I can remember a team just deciding they were going to bully you, basically. And that's what Denver did. Denver was able to bully you on the ground, in the passing game, their defense, it, like both sides of the ball were playing so physical. You would watch these corners get these one-on-one looks against the Cowboys, which at, at Donatel, the Broncos defensive coordinator, said they were going to do that, that they were going to have some single coverage looks for Dak Prescott, and they were going to, you know, basically load up to stop the run. Um, and that seemed like a risky bet. And with Bryce Callahan out there, slot corner, and Bradley, not Bradley Roby, um, Kyle Fuller playing as rough as he has this year and and getting benched um, a couple weeks ago for giving up big plays and Patrick Sertan getting banged up. You thought they should be able to have some success in one-on-one looks. And that wasn't the case. They were locked up. They were playing extremely physical, the corners. 
and the receivers, it almost felt like, didn't know what to do. The Broncos were extremely physical in the trenches and in the run game, and um, on the offensive side of the ball, were just bullying the Cowboys. It felt like every run yesterday went for a minimum two or three yards more than it should have, and that's minimum. I mean, Javante Williams, they could not tackle him to save their lives. He rushed for over 100 yards. I think it was like 111. Um, and I would bet, without actually looking at it, this is not an exaggeration, I'd bet 70 yards of that was after contact. And I mean, not just contact like, oh, bounced off somebody or kind of, you know, shook out of a, a somebody tried to make a shoestring tackle or something like that. I mean, this was wrapped up, should go down, drives the pile and is able to keep going another, you know, 15, 20 yards. Melvin Gordon wasn't as effective as Javante Williams, but Melvin Gordon was doing a lot of the same thing. You know, getting hit, falling forward, picking up extra yardage all day yesterday. And uh, another thing that was really troublesome for the Cowboys was the way they were performing on third down uh, as a defense. Um, You know, the Vikings were one of 13 on third down last week, and that was a big reason why the Cowboys were able to win the game. They were having a lot of trouble getting the Broncos off the field on third down, particularly in long third down situations. Um, you know, there were four separate drives where Teddy Bridgewater was able to convert a third and eight plus pass. Um, and on those four separate drives, the Broncos scored on all of them. And it accounted for 21 of their 30 points. If you get off the field in those third and eight situations, you could have had a better shot yesterday. You probably wouldn't have held the ball for only 18 minutes. Third fewest amount of time the Cowboys have held the ball in a game at home in their history. First time in 10 years that they held the ball for fewer than 20 minutes in a game. Before that first scoring drive with five minutes left when Denver just basically was letting you go down the field, they had five first downs and like 130 yards of offense. It was pathetic across the board yesterday on offense. And part of that may have been the long sustained drives and not getting off the field on defense and not letting the offense get out there and get into a rhythm. But it was just one of the most brutal games I've ever seen the Cowboys play. I think across the board, considering their talent, how much better I think they are than the opposing team, the fact that they were at home, how well they've been playing. I think all these little factors that you take into account, all these little multipliers, that may be the worst game I've ever seen a Cowboys team play. There have been worse performances probably um, by other teams, but they were less talented teams or there were other circumstances going on. Maybe the maybe the 2008 finale against Philadelphia where they lost like 44-6 to and Romo got hurt. And that 08 team had disappointed a lot that year and was tremendously talented. That may be the worst. That's the only one that I can think of that's maybe in the running as bad of a performance as what we saw yesterday. And that's troubling, but also you just got to kind of look at it and go, okay, is that just laying an egg? Is that just a normal part of the process. Sometimes you come out flat. Sometimes your preparation wasn't on point. You know, sometimes your quarterback 
has gone three weeks between starts and is a little physically and mentally rusty. Um, th- those are all fair assumptions to make, I think. I, I don't think there's a ton of concern around this team right now. I don't think they're worried about that performance yesterday. Dak said he didn't think it was the blueprint. Dak said he hopes teams continue to play them like that this year. Um, and he thinks that they'll have success. And I think, yeah, generally, if you give them, you know, straight up man on, you know, one-on-one coverage, man coverage on these receivers, especially with Michael Gallup about to come back, he should be playing next week against Atlanta. Um, I think generally Dak should have a lot of success. The offense should have a lot of success. Denver just made it really difficult on your receivers yesterday. And I think part of it was the way they played them, playing them so physically. I don't think anybody's played the receivers really like that this year. And so, you know, because of that, do other teams decide that's how they're going to try and play Dallas is just smash-mouth football, literal smash-mouth football, like really, you know, playing as physical as possible and 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 physically wearing down both sides of the Cowboys you know on offense and defense that may be the way that teams look at how they need to stop the Cowboys now and that's the question the Cowboys probably have to answer now there weren't a lot of questions I think the Cowboys have answered most of the questions about them through the first eight weeks of the season um, first seven weeks of the season. Um, I think that this is now a new question we hadn't anticipated. Are they tough enough? Are they physical enough? Because yesterday they were not. They had no answer for it, no adjustments for it. And it's funny because at times the defense looked really great at like random points that they were really terrible at others. They couldn't on a day where they couldn't finish tackles to save their life, especially in the run game. They had 10 tackles for loss, which I don't know how much people track how, how many tackles for loss a team generally gets in a game. That's a ton. That is a lot of plays made behind the line of scrimmage for a team that got walloped like they did. And I mean, it's funny, both starts to the half. The opening to the game was about as good of a three-play sequence I've seen the Dallas defense have to to open a game in I don't remember when. They were so dominant on that first series. You get the Carlos Watkins sack out of the gate. Then you had, uh, I think it was Micah Parsons making a tackle for loss on a play. Back him up to third and 20, then... They turn up the heat and bring this pressure, and Bridgewater is about to get sacked again. He's just got to throw it away, get it out. I mean, three plays, negative 10 yards. Denver didn't stand a chance on that opening drive. Dallas was completely – the Dallas defense looked like they were going to have a field day after that first drive. And then the very next play of the next drive for Baltimore – or Baltimore, I keep saying Baltimore because Mike McCarthy mentioned that he had had it happen before against Baltimore. Keep doing that. Uh, <clears throat> the very next drive for Denver, Jordan Lewis had a tackle for loss. So we're talking about three plays made behind the line of scrimmage out of Denver's first four. And the only other one, Bridgewater almost got sacked and had to throw it away. I mean, it looked like 
Dallas was going to, you know, set some records yesterday if you were to just measure by the first four plays on defense for them. And then they open the second half, and Leighton Vanderesh makes it a really nice play in run defense. And then he makes a nice play in the open field on a, a pass that, you know, shoestring tackle in the open field that set up third and six, and then Micah Parsons comes in and gets the sack, and then they get the blocked punt that touches Nashawn Wright, and Denver gets the ball back. But it's a, it was the same thing. Both halves started out incredible for the Dallas defense. And you're like, oh, okay. And then it was just amazing how packaged around it were these difficulties on third and long and these difficulties on, on tackling ball carriers, period. I mentioned the four separate drives where Teddy Bridgewater was able to convert third and eight plus. They also had a third and nine on the on their second drive. Um that doesn't count to the third down statistics because it was a pass interference and it's technically no play. But they converted that third down technically as well because of the Trayvon Diggs pass interference call. And that set up first and goal. You know, they get to second and goal and then they run it in and score the touchdown. So yesterday they essentially had eight opportunities on third and eight plus. It was seven officially. It was technically eight with the no play pass interference. When you include that pass interference, they were five for eight yesterday on third and eight plus, which is an absurd conversion rate on that down and distance. If the Cowboys make those plays like they're supposed to, they get off the field. That game's wildly different. The pass interference, that sets up a touchdown instead of a field goal. That's a three-point difference there because Brandon McManus missed the extra point. So that's a three-point swing. Then you had the 21 other points that came on the other four drives where they converted third and eight-plus. If you get off the field in those third and eight-plus situations, you wipe out 24 of Denver's 30 points yesterday. So... In a lot of ways, Dallas was, you know, a handful of plays away from getting the ball back and preventing Denver from scoring. And they just weren't able to do it. So that's the question. I'm curious what you guys think about that. You can hit me up on Twitter at BobbyBeltTX and share your thoughts on this. But was this a blueprint that the Broncos gave the rest of the league, or was Dallas just unprepared? Did Dallas just lay an egg? Did they come into this feeling themselves a little bit too much, or did they have some sort of an off day? I lean towards it's a little bit of both, but I think it was more about they were just bad yesterday, and it's kind of inexplicable. Um, I think if you struggle against Atlanta, I mean, look, here's the deal. You didn't have Dak against Minnesota. And so there were some, you know, uh, that was expected to be a little bit of a different game. But when you look at their last three weeks now, or their last three games, even knowing Dak wasn't in one of them, they had their struggles against New England. You know, they they trailed for most of that game. They had their, their troubles putting New England away and were a Cedric Wilson, you know, great catch on fourth and four to keep a drive alive. They, they were, you know, just 
within a razor thin margin away from losing to New England. They could have easily lost to Minnesota, and now they got their asses handed to them against Denver. So the last three games haven't looked totally great. Uh, But yesterday by far was the worst of them. So it'll be interesting to see if this was a wake-up call, how they respond, play against Atlanta. Extra motivation for a few people this week, obviously. Dan Quinn, um, you know, Joe Witt Jr., Aiden Dirty on the coaching staff, all of them had been in Atlanta last year. DeMonte Casey and Keanu Neal, both those guys coming from the Falcons. So a little bit of added motivation, a little bit of a chance to, you know, exercise some demons for those guys with the Falcons coming to town. Falcons who just beat the Saints in the Superdome yesterday. So we'll see if this was the wake-up call that snaps them out of this and that they're able to return to a high level of play and and play like true championship contenders again. Because yesterday looked like a, you know, top five pick in the draft football team. And obviously we know they're not that. We know how talented they are, but that's how they played. was like one of the absolute worst teams in football. So a chance to snap snap out of it they need to have a better week of practice this week after you know this couple weeks now where players have talked about either during the practice week or post game that they haven't had great practices so that's going to need to get cleaned up and they're going to need to right this ship again Cowboys Falcons next week still think this is a game that Dallas takes care of still think Dallas is easily in control of the NFC East and still think Dallas is one of the best teams in the league Just a a concerning performance yesterday, and hopefully they're able to reverse it moving forward. All right, we will talk to you next week and have wrap-up and reaction from Cowboys versus Falcons. 